And welcome to episode 5 of Soccer Spotlight. I'm your host, Anthony Heller. Alongside me again is Ryan Campbell. Good to be back after fall break, Ryan. Let's, uh, run, let's run, us th- run the viewers through what's what's going on here. Yeah, really good to be back. Just happy to be back on the state in the station. And yeah, let's just talk about some soccer today. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, of course, you see a lot. Um of the local stuff uh, here at Susquehanna. Uh, you know, the men, they both teams played yesterday, actually, uh, at the time of recording. That's at the time of recording yesterday is October 19th. Uh, the men, they traveled to Juniata, uh, and they were beaten 4-2, uh, you know, down to 10 men uh, in the second half. Uh, red card for Clay Anazone. Um, I saw it. Uh, I don't think it was a red card. Uh, it was a second yellow, um, but I think the first yellow is fair. I don't. I don't see what the second yellow was for. Um, it may. You know, the sound wasn't working properly in in Juniata's uh, stream, so I have no idea if he said anything. Um, but I don't think he committed a foul. So. Yeah, I understand that, but. I'll- I'm not quite sure back. what exactly happened in that. It's hard to come back from ten men, though. So it was always going to be a challenge when they when the ref made that decision and put the red in his hand. And it's really something that most teams and most players and coaches can't overcome, really. So I would say until that game, I heard it was a really good and tight game where Susquehanna could came back. But I heard the red card basically killed the game. Yeah, I mean, it was a fairly even first half. Um, Tommy O'Keefe scored a penalty in the first 45, uh, and then Walter Wyatt actually scored a free kick in the second half. It was it was a tricky one as well, you know, reminiscent of, uh, of Felipe Coutinho when he played for Liverpool, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Uh, you know, he went under the wall, I guess kind of to the side uh, and, and low and, and snuck it in. Yeah. It, it was a well-taken free kick, his second of the season. Um, both of them come from set pieces. He scored a penalty. Uh, in the win uh, at Penn College, still their only one to this point. Uh, we'll move on to the women. Uh, they just can't stop winning. That's 11 straight games um, uh, with wins and and clean sheets. It's a school. Re- they've they've already hit a school record. They're nine. It's 991 minutes since Susquehanna women's soccer last conceded. That's a crazy stat. The 991. Is it? I don't like to say, and I hate this saying, but it's coming home this year, I think, for the women. It yeah, really is. No, uh, their their next game is going to be their toughest test in the Landmark Conference. Um, they're at home. Both sides are at home this weekend on Saturday against Scranton. That is, that's the big one. It's senior day uh, for for both teams. Uh, and Scranton are the other team that's 5-0 and in Landmark play. So, you know, it, it does come down to that. It's probably going to mean the winner gets home field advantage through the landmark playoffs, and that's a big advantage. Yeah. You know, because both sides are going to come out and support each other. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a real cracking game. It's going to be their hardest game in, 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 of this win streak. Um, and if they can pull it off, it's going to be a huge, huge win for them. And it, it's going to show, like, we can go up there. We can beat anyone. You know they they nearly got a result against number number one uh, Newport. Mm-hmm. They they're showing they they can comp- if they can compete with Newport they can compete with anyone. 
I think it shows they could co- also compete like what you said, but also on the right day, a few calls go their way, a good ball bounce, and it's a win. And I think that's all what we need. There's a difference between regular season play and playoff play. The one thing I'll say is this team seems like they have the mentality in playoff season play, which other teams, they go do good in regular season, but when it counts down the most in playoffs, they crumble. And I think that's the one thing that I see how this team they might not be the best team out here. They might not be the most talented. They might not be the most flashy or anything. But they know how to get through the playoffs, and that's the best thing you can have as a team. No, you know, the saying always holds up defense wins championships. The reality is that's true. Uh, it, it, it's not just a saying. It is, quite honestly, it, it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have that. 991 minutes without conceding a goal. They've conceded nine, they conceded nine goals uh, in their first five games. They haven't allowed a goal since. And there, there was a tactical change in there, I think, uh, to more narrow front three. I don't know how big of an impact that had defensively. Um, but, you know, and they have that offense, too. Mm-hmm. They can they can stifle you and go on and grab a 1-0. They scored their opener in the fifth minute. Mm-hmm. It was Maggie Morris in the left back who got the goal. Um, and they ended up going on and winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just kind of closed the door. They didn't give them anything. Um Another strong, strong game from the defense and the goalkeeper. Uh, you know, when you, you throw a, a first-year goalkeeper in there, mm-hmm. you're not always expecting too much, but uh, got enough. Mm-hmm. And she, she has been really good. She's been fantastic all season um, and, and really good form right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hasn't conceded since that trip to Virginia where they were beaten by Newport and then Wesleyan, both of whom are ranked. All three of their defeats are against ranked sides, including number one and number three in the country. They have one of the strongest strength of records in the country. Um, you know, it's not easy uh, to beat who they've beaten. They've beaten a, a, a good York team away. Um, you know, E-Town were pretty good in that game. They've played some strong teams. and They've come out consistently on top with some strong results as well. Let's move on to the professional game. Uh, there's one big, big game from this weekend that we really want to talk about, and that's Liverpool-Man City. What's your opinions on a game, just real quick? Well, on, on the game itself uh, is, you know, there's there's a lot of dra- there was a lot of drama in that game, Ryan. Uh, I think that kind of, that's something that nobody can really deny. There was a lot of drama in that game. The game itself was electric, even without all that drama. One thing, that was a really good game. One thing I'll say, though, is about it. I noticed Klopp changed up a little bit. I don't know if you noticed it, but he dropped. It was like they decided to press as a team at times, but it was impressive how they usually do for nine minutes. It was like they dropped off a lot of times, which I noticed more. Yeah, I think Klopp is the type of manager he's going to adapt. He knows what he's coming <coughs> up against. He knows the high line, and th- their, their line was deeper yeah. against Man City because – and that's how he stopped Holland. This is the only game. The only, so Holland, in games that he's played for Manchester City, has failed to get a goal contribution twice. Both of them were against Liverpool. They Simply enough, even though Van Dijk has been in bad form, he's still the only one that's able to stop him. And, and really, it wasn't even him. It was Joe Gomez. I think Van Dijk and Gomez, they played... A great game. They were together. incredible. And James Milner too. He had Foden in his pocket all night. 
James Milner, I was afraid when I saw him on the team sheet. When though. I saw him on that star, like I, I'm openly, I'm a Liverpool fan. I saw I saw James Milner in that starting lineup, and I was scared. I I feared the worst. The one thing I want to say is that I think I I wouldn't if I was club last night yesterday. What I saw, I wouldn't have put Trent right back in the lineup. What I saw from James Milner and team play, that was amazing. From the same lineup that started, that was amazing. The way they played, the way they backed off, the way they pressed at times as a team, it confused City, and they didn't even have a chance. They I shouldn't say that, but they just didn't look like the regular City that they used to. Easy flowing, just really like that. They they were they weren't allowed to play that free flowing game in City and and that's what kept them out. You know they they still dominated in possession because they're always going to do that. They average I think sixty something percent possession. Uh, so did Liverpool, but to a, a lesser extent. Uh, the two top possession sides in the league and one team came clearly out on top in possession. But but Liverpool are more suited to playing without possession than than Man City are. They have much they have much more pace and attack. They have Darwin Nunez. Darwin Nunez is one of the best pro- progressive carriers of the ball in the in the world. I think for all the stick that he's gotten, he's mm. quietly adapted very well to Liverpool, and and he's a he's a diamond in the rough. I think, you know, he's he's got a lot to uh, to even out and to balance out. I think in his game, but he's he's really done well in the last three goals in the last four games now. He scored against, did well to score against Arsenal, scored against Rangers in the Champions League, and then got his first Anfield goal uh, yesterday against West Ham. I think one thing about this game in the last few weeks I've seen from Liverpool is Salah is back. Salah I criticized him back. I said, back. I didn't know if he was going to come back. And right when I said that, he turned it on, really. He was incredible <laughs> against City. He, he, was, he was up there. He was one of their best players. I think man of the match, I, I got to give it to Allison. He was incredible again. He's all. He's just. He is, you know. Thibaut Courtois won the Yashin Trophy, and and that's deserved. Mm-hmm. But for this this season, and and from the end of last season, Allison is, I think, without question, the best goalkeeper in the world right now. I would say, I could see your point of that, and I could say it's a real arguable point about that. But the other thing I'll say is that. Salah, the, he could he should have had two goals on Sunday. He, if it he, wasn't for Ederson, Ederson made a great save. Ederson Incredible did make save. a very good save. Incredible um, save. And, and most goalkeepers, that's the two goals for Salah right there. Two zero Liverpool win. Yeah, I do think he probably should have squared that for Jota there, but you know, life goes on. A win's a win. Three points is three points. I'm not going to complain. You know, I would have I would have liked to win two 0 Allison gets another assist as well. He is. The first goalkeeper in Prem history to have four goal contributions. It's, uh, he is the all-time leading uh, goal contributor among goalkeepers in the Prem. Um, so now let's let's get into less savory aspects of of, of that game. Um, you know, Klopp versus Pep, Liverpool, Man City drama. It's it's a forced rivalry. I, like. I've I've said before I'll say it again I'm a Liverpool fan I don't think Man City are actually our rivals I think I think they're a team that we fight for trophies with but not rivals. I want I would say rivals is a stretch but I would say it's kind of like a competition like a high class competition where both teams are good both teams have high standards <coughs> and they push each other to the best. Yeah I think I think it's 
it's just a wind-up game from on, on both sides. It's a war of attrition uh, that's never going to go either way. Like, Liverpool do have rivals in the city of Manchester, but it's not Man City. It's, it's, it's United. Mm-hmm. Liverpool's two biggest rivals are Everton and Man United, and, and there's, there's nothing that's going to change that. Nothing. I would say it's just like another top six. I would say for all top six clubs, they have rivalry. They have they have rivals all the big top six clubs. But at the same time, they the top other top six clubs that aren't their rivals there. It's more it's of a Manchester more like City. Game. It's more of a Man United versus Chelsea kind of rivalry, or a Man City or a Man United Arsenal kind of rivalry. Or Arsenal Tottenham. It's not the same as Arsenal Tottenham. Arsenal Tottenham is is a, a United Liverpool type of rivalry. That's a a real rivalry, not just a top six battle. I would say Arsenal Tottenham. I would say in the past years it's become, but in the past it used to be more, but it's died down. Well, back in the past it was also more one sided. Um, you know, Arsenal. Both both of them are good, but they're also their local rivals. It's a derby game. Man City Liverpool is not a derby. It's just a team between. It's just a game between two very good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get. We'll get in. So there were a few things I want to address. Um, mm-hmm. In uh, a bit controversially, um, Jurgen Klopp was sent off. I think it was probably deserved. I, mean, I think said, it was but, deserved. I think it but was the deserved. way you could see by bilingual and stuff, you can't go out there with referees like that, even though it was a bad call. You see him give him the finger, right? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You can't go. You, you can't have to show that. respect for the referees. That's the one thing I'll say. I knew I, as a person, I never have really show respect, but I know there's some stuff <laughs> that you can't say. I wouldn't have done all that no matter the game, unless it had to be really big and personal. But Klopp, I could see why he lost his temper and why he saw the red miss, but... It was well deserved, and Liverpool will have yeah. to combat that challenge without club. Oh, I saw on Twitter uh, a pundit calling for a ten-game touchline ban. Ten-game touchline ban is good. Give him a three-game, like how it usually is, and that's it. I I think I think a one-game ban is sufficient. I would say three games. I think, I mean, t- traditionally when managers are sent off, it is a one-game touchline ban. Uh, oh. You know, it's not the same as for players. Um, it's it's handled differently, I think, disciplinarily. I th- I think I think the red card was fair, but I also think Klopp was right in being angry. Yeah, I would say he's right in being angry, but I'll say one game I could see one. I will lean for one game, two games more, not even three games. Now I'm thinking about three games is more harsh, but two games is probably or one game is because of finger. That's the real reason I'll give. I'll say yeah. that because of maybe finger, maybe um, two games because the finger was. I don't know if the finger was deliberate. But they still call him on live TV. You can't do but, it. But, yeah. And they have pictures. Nowadays, a finger like that, it looks bad for Premier League, and it's not an image that they want to have. Yeah, it's, it's not a good public image. Um, I will say... I think I think a one-game ban is, you know, let him take the one-game ban. They gave because Conte and Tuchel one-game ban, right? They, gave, they didn't even give Conte a ban, I think. Oh, well, I would say... If anything, go to Tuco, get them same band Tuco and contact because we like to see the Premier League managers going at like the intensity of that. That's the one thing. Yeah, no, the I mean, Pep, the game will. I think the Forest game, he's he he won't be on the touchline for. Uh, I think it'll be Pep Linders. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of funny that Klopp has an assistant manager called Pep. Um, you know, I think it's a little ironic. 
but uh, it's pretty good. You know, Pep Landers is a is a really good coach. Um, see if he he becomes he, he it's very possible he's Klopp's long term successor. Uh, if it's if it's not Steven Gerrard. Um, Steven Gerrard is. I just want to go one thing. Steven Gerrard is no way going to get the job. What he's doing at Villa. He was really good at Rangers, but he, he hasn't done well at Villa. Villa is going to mess up his chance at Liverpool. I'm sorry to say that, but yeah. I would be shocked if he got the Liverpool job. No, I mean, a, as it is right now, I don't think he can. he's in a position to get the Liverpool job. Um, the next thing I want to address is is Pep um, and, and how he acted. I think, you know, Klopp was unprofessional in in uh, his reaction to the referees, but his he was justified. He had a reason. Pep, I think, when he turned around after City's goal was disallowed and then did that waving thingy at the at the Liverpool fans behind him, you, you're inviting abuse. There, you're, like you're gonna you're inviting people just yelling insults at you. Um, I think it's a bit of incitement um, there from Pep. You know, he's trying to wind up, and I respect that. I, I respect trying to wind people up. Uh, in my experiences as a player, I I was a wind up merchant. picked up picked up plenty of yellow card for time wasting. Yeah, I would say I like the I like that from Pep. I would say, but at the same time, you can't come out talking about abuse you received for in the game if you're going to do that because you're doing you know what you're doing. We love to see it. We love to see the intensity of managers, the intensity of game. That's one thing. I say the modern game doesn't have intensity in the past, how managers used to go at the crowd, at each other. That's the one thing I would say. But I don't like how he talked about the abuse because you know what you did. You know. Yeah, you, you know like what, what you, you did. Said. You know you're guilty. And and the reality is he, he claimed in his post-match interview that Liverpool fans threw coins at him. Well, I mean, they and, and throw the coins at you. Liverpool... Liverpool Football Club conducted an investigation and found nothing. And I think, what's the point in lying about that? I would say, if it happened or not, it would be. I could see the fans' point because you wind the fans up and you can't complain about it because you know what you did when you turn around the crowd. It's not like you were innocent. They just do stuff at you. You riled them up. You know we know how Liverpool the atmosphere is at the stadium. We know. The Premier League, these type of games in England, they have a little bit of problem with fans, but still, you know when you do something like that, point of fans and, and disrespecting them in their eyes, they're going to do something, they're going to do something back to you 99% of the time. Yeah, no, it, it, you're going to get abuse. I think the verbal abuse happened. I, I don't I don't question <coughs> that. I, I know what Liverpool, I'm a Liverpool fan myself. I know they're going to be throwing, hurling insults at Klopp, but they're not throwing coins. Um, the next thing I want to address, um, I think something that really does need to be addressed, I think not just by us, but by the FA, you know, and by and by the people making important decisions. Hillsborough. Are you kidding this, that, this is is, that is disgraceful right there for City fans for that to say, I'm sorry. I cannot justify any actions that we everyone. If you don't know events, it was a lot of Liverpool fans died. I think in 1989, right? I believe it was around that time. 
but it was a tragic event for Liverpool fans, tragic event for the sports. Gonna mention something like that is unclassed yeah, with no class, and it just it just shouldn't be justified. I think a one game uh, ban for City with no fans allowed, no supporters allowed in the stadium would be I would justify that. And I wouldn't complain about that for that. I I would say that I would say a one game stadium ban is fair if this was the first time. Unfortunately, and it's it's really, it, it's really sad. You know, there's no excuse for it, for chanting about Hillsborough. They they graffitied and and vandalized the away end as well with with Hillsborough references. The first time they do it, yeah, one game ban is fine. The second time they do it, it's got to be more than that. I can see your point, but at the same time, there's always good people in the clubs that don't do it. It's just a certain group of fans in every club that are not good. Like every, No matter who you support in soccer and wherever, we always see that they always have some bad fans that ruin it for the good fans, and it just takes a little group of people to just make the club look bad in the image because I know there's good City fans out there. It's just the, these fans that were at the game or the fans that did these disgusting acts were the problem. That's it. Yeah. No, I mean, there's no excuse for this stuff. And here's the thing. I'm I'm all for the FA going full scorched earth on them. Whether, regardless of which club is doing it, regardless of what it's about, if it's something serious like, like Hillsborough, like the Munich air disaster, uh, Man United had that, um, racist abuse. They they it, they need to go scorched earth. I think I think they. I think it has to be done scorched earth. I think the first time, one game stadium man. The second time, five game stadium man. And the third time and more, I think they have to just go full scorched earth and start deducting points. I could see your point, but at the other thing I would say is that this is an issue that's globally. And I would say you had to work with the police. I would say for these type of acts, every club, every international team in the world should be banned for them for soccer. I would say... Exile them out the game. Exile these fans. Do not let them ever be able to attend a soccer game. If you can, don't let them be able to buy merch or buy shirts or anything that supports the team, really. Exile them from the game. Show these people are not part of the game that do any abuse or any acts like these, disgusting acts like these. Because in my opinion, that's what I'll do. Because I don't... Yeah, I mean, I, I would think, say three I think that, max, but that gets rid of that gets rid of the fans that are doing it. But the problem is there might be more. I think the the threat of a points deduction or a stadium ban because banning the people that are already doing it doesn't stop more people from doing it. I think the threat of a stadium ban will stop future perpetrators. The one thing I will say about two, throw five years at them. Respectfully, no one wants to do five years in prison. You throw five years, you you throw one guy in prison for five years for this. It's going to make all the other ones scared. And if they do it again, five years again or ten years maybe. For someone that's for someone like that and make and make them make it a crime make it like say make it like an assault give them the same time as I, I would say not an assault but doing something really really stupid like that maybe a few years in a pen a month a few months maybe they're going to come out different they're not they're going to look different and it's going to show the whole world that they this is not issue that, that soccer is not going to play about yeah they gotta go i think you really just you gotta go full scorched earth um, 
and 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 the the accusations that that Hillsborough was was Liverpool fans' fault. It, it, that's just not how it happened. That's just not what happened. Like it, it's it's just not what happened. So it's it's really it's it's really bad. And then and then with Klopp and and uh, Man City's um, a Man City employee accused Klopp of xenophobia. In his pre-match interview, he he mentioned. Um, Man City um, having no financial restrictions, which is true. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to dispute that. It's true. They're a state-owned club, and it's he like PSG and PSG Newcastle. and Newcastle. Three <laughs> th- these three clubs are state-owned. These are control. state-owned clubs, which means they they are literally capable of printing money. That's the one thing I don't like about it. City have been documentably money laundering. It's not fair to and me. And I don't see where where the, whoever said that, whoever in Man City get gets off saying that Klopp was xenophobic for making those comments. That's not what xenophobia even is. Xenophobia is the fear of people from other countries. Klopp is a German manager. He has zero German players in his squad. I believe he is the only one of that kind. Uh, a manager from a country that he does not have a single player from his country in his squad. Um, the only the only one I can think of maybe is is Conte. Uh, you know because Arteta. Arteta is Spanish. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, Arteta is Spanish. Yeah, no, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a, a Spanish player. Well, yeah, he doesn't. There are no Spanish players he in his squad. A Spanish player, but. He wanted the rumors about Spanish players, does, but yeah. no Spanish players. Pep, Pep is uh, Spanish. He's got Laporte. He's got Rodri. Rodri. Uh, he's got Sergio Gomez now. Oh yeah. I would just say. And I think the team, only other the only other occurrence of this is um, Conte at, at Spurs. In my opinion, if I'm being fully honest, the way it seems to me. It seems like some high school stuff, like some little kid stuff that they need to grow out of. Like, respectfully, these are grown people. who Stop acting like you guys are teenagers in high school. This just seems like stuff is type of stuff that happened at my high school or middle school age. Yeah, it, it's 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 juvenile. It's it's just not a. It, we this just needs this sort of stuff is is why I think city gets stick. Because I think they're just desperate to portray themselves as the victims when the reality is that they're not. Mm-hmm. They're the aggressors in this situation between City and Liverpool. They're forcing a rivalry that's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really, I think, you know, Klopp is consulted with lawyers because th- that allegation, that's a serious allegation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really... I don't blame him for for seeking out legal legal advice. Um, and now I'm just gonna say from city point, that's the worst thing you can. You go in the court, it's publicized down everything. Just don't do something like that to avoid court time and all that. That just gets in a sticky. That's just a way. And if if it is stupid. the official club stance that Klopp's comments were xenophobic, they will certainly be in line for a points deduction. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's really. Um, you know, from a city perspective, almost kind of embarrassing mm-hmm. that this whole, like, you know, the whole events of this weekend. You know, 
you lost the game. So what? Life goes on. It's the first time you've been beaten all season. You don't need to try and try and make Klopp look like a villain. He's already facing a, a touchline ban. You don't need to make him look like the villain. He's not the villain. Mm-hmm. Let's move on from from this game because it did take up about 20 minutes of, of our time. Uh, Let's talk about from last from last weekend, or I should say yesterday, the Tottenham United game. What's your first? Let me start off by what's your pin, opinion on the Ronaldo situation? He doesn't want to be there. It. Look at him. He he is a man. He is a broken man at United. I would say he, he wants to go. Ronaldo, in my opinion, if I was Ten Hag for that, don't about the squad respectfully. For all Ronaldo's done for the sport, you have control of the team. The team is playing good. Yeah, no, it I could ruin you if you put Ronaldo in the squad next game or even in the team where you start him. Because it's going to say, it's going to show it, that yeah. you're able. To I be think Ten Hag has to. I think Ten Hag has to be be authoritative here. Like, it's it's disrespectful. I think what Ronaldo did was disrespectful. Um, you know, I, I, I do feel for him because he's a legend of the game. He's one of the greatest players to ever play. A lot of people think he is the greatest. Personally, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do know he is one of the greatest players to ever kick a ball. And to see him in this sort of situation, it it, it does make me feel a little bad. Mm-hmm. But also, that's just, he was, it was disrespectful. You shouldn't be doing that sort of thing. Uh, especially as, as so many people's idols, I think he's he's not setting a good example uh, for the players in the squad and and for the people outside of uh, the professional game that look up to him. Um, I would say take us take a page out of Messi's book because he's a senior player. He's one of the most senior players in United right now. Messi, no matter what, you had never heard Messi done anything crazy, anything bad. You had never seen Messi do anything like this. And Messi, even at PSG, he's dealing with a bad situation with toxic drugs for most of the times with prima donnas. Messi is always the one I feel like that's the leader with Ramos in there. He's dealing with Mbappe right now. Mbappe yeah, is prima donna. Yeah, of course, Ronaldo. I would wonder what Ronaldo would do in this situation if he was with Mbappe right now. Uh, it would not be the same. It would not be the same. The question is, where does he go? And does Mbappe go? I would say, in my opinion, put him back to Portugal and let him wind down. A, let, let him, do a let him run his career out of, at Sporting, and then maybe make a move to MLS just for you know the money. I, I would want to see him in MLS. Uh, you know, it, it, I think we can we can acknowledge that MLS is a bit of a retirement league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see players just kind of winding down their career mm-hmm. and and just kind of be thrust into the American spotlight, which is of course. You know, it, its own thing compared to the European spotlight. Mm-hmm. You've seen it. It's going to keep happening. It's going to continue to happen. Um, you know, it's it's just a different, it's just a different uh, sort of environment uh, from from European, mm-hmm. from the European stage. Um, One thing I'll say about it though is watching a game. United played really well though. United were really good. Fred was really good. Fred, the position he was taking, he was going really advanced. He's starting to link up really well with with Casemiro, and Bruno Fernandez is the first good performance from him in a while. I would say right now, 
that midfield right there the, from performance I saw it was really good, and I think keep him starting. No offense to Erickson, no, but right there, Erickson doesn't get into that midfield right now from what I saw yesterday. No, that was a really good. They linked up really well, and I think, I think the fact that they're n- national teammates, mm-hmm. it goes a long way, and there's a lot of cohesion between the two of them right now. Mm-hmm. And you got to stick with that as long as it works. I think Casemiro should be starting now. There's no more McTominay. Casemiro needs to start. He was showing the defenders, and he, you didn't really see it work what that he was doing, but it was really influential, though, his movement and everything he was doing, the way his he was positioned. Now, he is a huge asset to United. His, his uh, experience uh, as well is, is super valuable. Um, you know, he's played with Ronaldo. He's played with Varane before. He's got he's got a history. Of, he he he's a serial winner. He's a proven winner. He's got what five Champions League medals? Something like that, but crazy. Yeah, it might be four. I don't know when exactly he joined. Yeah, but still. Uh, Madrid. Uh, one last, I guess, thing that this is going to be a, a bigger one. The Ballon d'Or. You know, I would say Benzema deserved it. I I think. In the in the th- in the ordering of the thirty, they they did really well. The voting was really. I thought the voting was very accurate. One thing I'll say is that, in my opinion, Ronaldo should not have been that high. Ronaldo. It's yeah, been a little, I think the nominees were a travesty. I don't think I don't think you can justify Messi and Neymar not being nominated. I could see Messi, but Neymar. I would say you nominate Neymar. Messi had a little bit down season. I could see why you could leave him out, but next but year. But he did still have a solid season. He had a lot of, he had a bunch of assists. Yeah, you're right. But the one thing I'll say, the voters, they hold Messi to higher standard. They hold Messi to Messi standards, not normal standard, because what he's done for the sport. And it's like, Ronaldo, I think, Ronaldo, the situation, I think it's Ronaldo's name that put him that high, because we see what players like Messi and Ronaldo. They got off seasons and yeah, still. I, I do think with the nominees, they were fearing that Messi would get a ton of votes, even though he didn't deserve them, and would accident would take the the trophy away from somebody that deserved it more. All right, I will say. Ben, I think that's my theory. Benzema had to deserve. I saw. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Going for Lendaz. I'm sorry, but right now, but Benzema did in the Champions League last year, and everything. Benzema, hands down. Uh, there's no complaint about it. He literally carried Madrid to the title. Without without Benzema, Madrid doesn't even get past around the 16, maybe. No, no, absolutely not. You can't even argue in the group stage they were struggling. They might not even get out the group stage. No, they lost to Sheriff Tiraspol. You could argue that. Benzema was the key. He was the key. He was the key. No, there, there's no there's no way around that. He was a one-man team that carried Madrid to the title. You take, respectfully, you take Benzema out the team, Ancelotti might get sacked instead of being praised right now. Yeah, I mean, Ancelotti is a world-class manager. There's, you know, the only the only club he hasn't shown his managerial talents is Everton, and that's because Everton can make anyone look bad. But still, it's Madrid, though. Madrid will sack anyone. Madrid Madrid do usually have a quick cook. Um, you know, they had that one season where they went through three managers. Um, mm-hmm. Lopetegui, and then Solari came in. And he was Zidane bad. And the Zidane came back, and then he walked out again, and they brought in Ancelotti and had uh, much better fortunes. Um, yeah. As much as I would have loved to see see somebody like Sadio Mane, see somebody like Mo Salah get their hands in the trophy, even you know see a, see a defender or goalkeeper win it, see 
See the likes of Van Dyke. Oh, Van Dyke should have won in 2019. Um, he should have. The one thing. See Lewandowski get compensated for being robbed of it I in 2020 Lewandowski, and 2021. Because Lewandowski should have two Ballon d'Ors. Lewandowski deserves a Ballon d'Or. I'll see that. I I'll, think I'll, I'll, put, I'll put this right here. Messi should have six Ballon d'Ors. Messi. But you have to swap. He should have won in 2018, but he should not have won in 2019 or 2021. Van Dyke should have won in twenty. Van Dyke should have won in twenty nineteen. Leva should have won twenty 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 one. The one thing I'll say about the I think if Liverpool won the Champions League, I think there's a real good case for Sadio Mane to win the Ballon d'Or. Oh, I think I think if Liverpool had won the Champions League, he would have won the Ballon d'Or. There's respect. He won the Afcon. He won he Afcon. Was, he qualified for the World Cup, which is not easy in Africa. He was a big part too of Liverpool, especially. And he was Salah their best player in the second half. Salah dropped off in form, and and and, and Mane moved into the middle. And and, and he was the he was he was, their best player in the title run in in the, the end of the season. Him playing his move into the middle was a reason Byron splashed some money to buy him. Yeah, no, he's starting through the middle there. He's their Lewandowski. He's effectively the Lewandowski replacement, and he's done well. Um, then. Should, should should De Bruyne have been third? Yeah, I would say De Bruyne. I don't think he's ever going to win a Ballon d'Or, but he's a player. I don't. When you look I, at his I, play, I don't. I don't think he should have been above. Of Le, above, I think he should have been fifth. Who do you put before him? I put Leva third and Salah fourth. I'll say De Bruyne. The only reason is because the vision and the passes he can make. I'll say he did have le- he did have less assists than Mo Salah last year. Because it was judged on the season, not the year. It was Salah fourth, and I'll say Levin, I would have put Lewandowski fifth. That's hard because the time at Barcelona, he's been all right. It's just Wait, it wasn't Dossi. judged on any of his time at Barcelona. That's the thing. I think. Oh, it wasn't? No, it was all 2021 22 season. Oh, I would have put Lewandowski maybe in top three then. I would have gone Lewandowski third, Salah fourth, De Bruyne fifth. Because Salah, Salah won both the the Golden Boot and Top Playmaker. The only reason I wouldn't put Salah is because the tail off we saw at the end of the season. That's the reason. He did he did drop off a bit in the second half of the season, but he was so electric in the first half. I think you still got to put him top three. I think. Where did Son finish? Son, I think. I think it was eleventh. It was the highest Asian player. He should have. He should have been above. He should have been above Holland. I'm sorry. He should have been above Holland. I could see why they could put Holland above, but I think Son. He's always been underrated, in my opinion. If he played for a big government, Tottenham, if he played for Arsenal, maybe doing it, a Liverpool, a City, a United, a Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. Did Inter you see Milan, that rumor over the summer where uh, Liverpool would have gone in for him if Spurs hadn't qualified for the Champions League? If he get if he plays for a big club, he gets more credit though. Yeah, Son eleventh. He should. I think he should have been above Holland. I think he should have been. I think he should have been tenth. You can't tell me he's one of the most over, underrated players in the Premier League. I think Fabinho should have been higher too. If <laughs> Fabinho was fourteenth, I think he should have been a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I don't think Foden should have been nominated. I think he's vastly overrated. 
I think is I think Allison sh- I think Allison should have been nominated. He shouldn't have been anywhere he near the nominated. He wasn't nominated. He finished second in the there were two goalkeepers nominated for the Ballon d'Or. Um Courtois who ended up finishing, I and believe it was, it was Mike Mannion, right? Yeah, it was Mike Mannion. I would say there's three. I would say I would say Mannion did have a great season. Mannion Mannion is a very good goalkeeper. He's the best he goalkeeper be in the league. Right France too. He should be. No, he he probably will actually. I don't know. Deschamps is like one of those managers like Selke. He kind of goes on like really trust. I I trust him to make that change. I I trust Didier Deschamps to make that change. I don't know. I would say I would say the one thing I see from managers like him and Selke, but he's better than Selke. They really don't go off of form really. No, but they, I hope Mignon starts. I I really want to see Mignon start. Unfortunately, I don't think France are gonna go too far uh, because they're not in great form recently, and also they're cursed mm-hmm. because they they are champions cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I believe that is real. I I listen. I'm a superstitious man. I believe the champions curse is real. Mm-hmm. I I will I will I will fight for that. The one thing. The one thing I'll say about it is, I want to do World Cup again. We made World Cup, but we have to do it again because there's we a lot do, of players yeah. out. There's a lot that that could play out, um, and, and you know, we'll still be here for a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. We we don't leave uh, campus, and unfortunately, leave our our uh, studio behind. Uh, hey, but stay until tuned. We might have later in December. On the show for that. Oh yeah, you know, hey. Um, if you got any suggestions, uh, for those of you that are watching uh, or listening in at home uh, or wherever it is you're listening from, mm-hmm. let us know, and we will do our best to get them on the show. Uh, I know you've you've got people you might want to get on. I know I've got people I might want to get on. Um, but I know there's people that's been saying they've they done about the World Cup, so maybe we'll see. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of want to see if we can get one of the, the soccer coaches here in and, mm-hmm. and see what they think about the World Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we might we might uh, look at at uh, soccer players here. You know, just uh, some of our friends that uh, want to get their soccer takes mm-hmm. out there. I guess. Um, yeah. So if if you want to feature, if if you have a suggestion for who we should feature, mm-hmm. let us know, um, and we will we will do our best to make that happen. Right. So we might today, do guys. we might do some special episodes too. Right, special episodes. I I'm not. I wouldn't complain. Yeah, but that is, that is just about the uh, everything we've got to cover for episode five of Soccer Spotlight. Until until next time, Ryan. Uh, I'm Anthony Heller, and I'm Ryan Campbell again. Signing off for today. We will see you in a week's time for episode six.